confession is one of the sacraments of the Catholic Church and it has got to be one of the most beautiful yet the most undervalued sacrament in the church. Hello, welcome to Journal of a Christian Millennial Podcast where I talk about everything faith-based. I share my struggles and wins as a Christian millennial and just hope to inspire you along the way to invite Jesus into your heart. So today I'm talking about the sacrament of confession. It's one of the sacrament, it's also called the sacrament of penance or sacrament of reconciliation because in the sacrament of confession you go to get, you get reconciliated, you reconcile with God, you get reconciliated to God. Yeah, so today I'm talking about the sacrament of, con- of penance or confession and just taking you through a few steps that might be helpful the next time you go for confession and to show you just how important the sacrament of penance is and so there is grace in confession there's there's the confession of gratitude confession of faith and grace of confession and so i'm just going to go straight with uh, by telling you what the sacrament of penance is and I'm referring. Um, I'm taking. I've taken notes from the from a prayer book by the Vincentian priests um, called Christ is All. It has a very good outline and explanation on what the sacrament of penance is and uh, the examination of conscience as well. So the sacrament of penance is a sacrament where the priest, in the name of God in church, forgives our sins, whether mortal or venial which we have committed after baptism. If we confess, according to 1 John um, chapter 1, verse 9, it says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just, and will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So it is very important to confess our sins because that shows that we are truly repentant. And when you go to confession, you have to be truly, truly, truly uh, repentant of your sins. And I'm just going um, to touch on a bit of that, which is contrition. And so most of you will ask, why is it necessary for us to con- to confess our sins verbally to a priest as um, who is a human being and as opposed to just going directly to God, you know, just telling God, God, and I'm sorry. And so um, I'll, I'll, in between, I'm just going to give verses. And here there is Matthew chapter 3, verse 6. And it says, all the people of Jerusalem, Judea and Jordan flocked to John the Baptist confessing their sins so the people of jerusalem confessing sins to somebody to an ordained person to someone ordained by god has not begun at this time it began way back even just before jesus walked the earth and the prodigal son as well came back to his father and confessed his sins you'll find that in luke chapter 15 verse 19 so it's god's will that we confess our sins to an ordained priest and receive forgiveness um in Matthew chapter 9, verse 8, it says, They glorified God who had given such authority to men. So our priests have been given that authority by God. And that's how we see priests celebrating um, the Euc- uh, celebrating the Eucharist at the front because they have been ordained. Uh, no other person can is allowed to touch the Eucharist or celebrate the Eucharist like that by, you know, praying over it and inviting the Holy Spirit to convert it into wine and into blood and the body and blood of Jesus. And so it's the same. It's the same case with confession to an ordained person, someone who has been ordained by God. And so um, when did our Lord institute the sacrament of penance? Our Lord instituted the sacrament of penance when he breathed his spirit upon his apostles and gave them power to forgive sins, saying, whose sins you shall forgive, 
they are forgiven. That is in John chapter 20, verse 23. And so you may ask, how does the priest forgive sins? The priest forgives sins by the power of God when he pronounces the words of absolution. Jesus' um, forgiving and healing ministry continues in the church. So the mission of Jesus is still, is still going on in the church. And that's why priests have been ordained by God to continue that ministry. So they are, they are vessels of Jesus. And yes, so I will, uh, on the part of, of the penitent, the penitent is the, the person who is confessing to the priest. Uh, are there any conditions required for the forgiveness of sins? Yes. And there are three conditions that are required for the forgiveness of sins on the part of the penitent. That is contrition, confession, and reparation. So what is contrition? Contrition is a heartfelt sorrow for our sins. And uh, David tells us in Psalms chapter 38 verse 18, I confess my iniquity and I am sorry for my sin. And so as Catholics, we have the Rosary of the Seven Sorrows. And when we are truly sorry, when we pray, to, when we ask for the intercession of Our Lady of Sorrows, who is the mother of Jesus, she intercedes for us and she obtains graces for us from God for the forgiveness of our sins. And especially, I think, the venial sins when you pray the Rosary of Sorrows for 30 days straight. And especially also the sins of the sins that you might have forgotten as you went into confession. And um, there's also, is sorrow for sins sufficient when we go to confession? Sorrow for our sins is sufficient when we go to confession. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 9 tells us, Godly grief produces repentance that leads to salvation. And yeah, this, this is just beautiful because most of the times when you go to confession and, you know, you it the sin weighs so heavily on you sometimes. Like, okay, okay honestly, for me, it's like most times. And, you know, the Holy Spirit is just leading you to go for confession. And once you, you, you have confessed your sins and you have been given absolution by the priest, it's like a whole weight lifted up off your back. And that's just beautiful. That is just beautiful. So when you are truly sorrowful for your sins, honestly, you, you, you'll just... You'll just feel the difference of before you went into confession and after you and after coming out of confession. And so what is perfect contrition? Perfect contrition is sorrow for our sins arising purely from the love of God. Honestly, contrition, contrition, okay, God's grace moves us to confession. It's that simple. Like we cannot, we are human beings and so many times we want to hide. We, we, are, we are so embarrassed about our sins. But God knows that we are human. God knows that we are imperfect. God knows that at some point we're still going to fall because we have not yet attained the, the perfection um, of Jesus Christ, which we will attain once we get to heaven. We cannot attain it on this earth. We will attain it on the other, uh, on the other side. Um, when we get when we see Jesus and we get to heaven, you know, and so he understands, and that is why there there are priests, and that is why we have the sacrament of confession for us to when we fall, we have to run to we have to run to confession, we have to run to God and allow His mercy to just um, wash wash us wash our sins, and uh, so that we're able to so that we get reconciled with God. And so that's just beautiful. And so what special value has perfect contrition? Perfect contrition has this special value. 
that by it our sins are forgiven immediately, even before we confess them. Nevertheless, if they are mortal, we are strictly bound to confess them afterwards. And so, what is meant by confessing our sins? And also, wait, just um, to go back, what consideration concerning God will lead us to sorrow for our sins? By our sins, we offend an infinitely good and loving God. And Psalms 51.4 tells us, Against thee, thee only, have I sinned. And honestly, uh, looking at looking at how I look at Jesus, when, when you understand that Jesus truly died for you on the cross, honestly, you are it's going to weigh heavenly on you when you offend a very good and loving God. Because sometimes I just look back and I'm like, why did Jesus have to die for me, you know? And it just, it, 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 uh, in my head, I'm just like, the sins I have committed, I deserve to suffer, to suffer for them. Jesus, who is perfect, who did not have any sin, decided that he loved me that much and went through what I deserved, you know, um, because he loved me that much. And that's a lot. That, that, that is definitely a lot. And so he is merciful that in that I do not receive what I deserve, the punishment for my sins. And he is, his grace is sufficient in that I get what I do not deserve, which is forgiveness and love, unconditional love. And yeah, so that leads us to sorrow for our sins. That leads me to sorrow for my sins because I sit down and I'm wondering, why am I doing this to to you know after jesus died for me on the cross and his love has been so overwhelming and that just makes me want to you know avoid sin at all costs because i do not want to offend god i do not want to offend such a loving and good good father and so what is meant by confessing our sins confessing our sins means to speak out our sins to a priest he who according to proverbs chapter 23 28 verse 13 it says he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. So we must confess all our mortal sins committed after baptism. And to make a good confession, we need to um, look at this. So this are from, uh, some of these verses are from the deuterocanonical books. And so the first one is, I am not ashamed to confess my sins. Those are the factors that lead to a good confession. And that is found in Sirach chapter 4, verse 26. The second one is, I do not conceal any of my sins. That is found in the book of Proverbs chapter 28, verse 13. And uh, the third one is, I do not postpone the day of my confession. That is Sirach chapter 5, verse 7. And the fourth one is, I will not be self-complacent of my sins. That is Sirach chapter 5, verse 4 to 6. And the last, the fifth and last one, I will not accuse or blame God for my sins. That is Sirach chapter 15, verse 20. God is blameless. God is perfect. And um, you, you do not get to get angry at God or blame God for the consequences of your sins. Because at the end of the day, God gave us free will. And the free will allows us to, to make decisions. We either we, we either make good decisions or make bad decisions. And every decision that you make will have a consequence. Whatever sin, sin you have committed will have a consequence. And going back to the book of Genesis, when we look at the book of 
I mean, when we look at the story of Jacob and the since, okay, uh, so from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob, there is a pattern of lying. Abraham lied about Sarah being his sister. Isaac lied about Rebecca being his sister. And Jacob also continues to lie and deceive his father Isaac. So you see, there is, uh, there, 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 there is a consequence to sin. And sometimes it can be, it can be inherited by the next generation over and over again until you break that cycle. And you break that cycle um, through God's help. But like God gives you that grace and that strength. But at the end of the day, we still have that free will. So even though you're following Jesus and you still choose to disobey, you still choose to sin, you know, that sin is going to have consequences. And also, just because you have gone to confession, it does not mean that there will not be a consequence. You have been forgiven, yes, but um, there is there there is that consequence that that consequence that is going to be there. Uh, just look at the life of Jacob, yes, in the book of Genesis, and you know so many things. He has deceived people, and uh, when he goes when he runs away from his father after deceiving him that he is a sow, he goes um, to Laban. Is it Laban? Yes, and so Laban is another deceiver. And, you know, Jacob has now made his match, but Laban is still trying to, you know, deceive Jacob. Um, the first time he gave, uh, he was working for seven years to get Rachel, but Laban gives him Leah. And um, you see, those are the consequences of these things that we, that we do, like sin and everything. So just think about it. Whatever you are doing, whatever sin it is that you're committing right now, how is it going to affect your children? How is it going to affect the next generation, you know? And sometimes it's not always going to affect you, but you will live long enough to see it affect maybe your children or your, your grandchildren, which is sad. So I think that we should constantly pray. And no, don't mistake this for um as god's punishment because um wait how do i put it it's like a temporal punishment for the sin like you have to suffer the consequences of your sin if you get if i am driving the point home and so whenever you're tempted to sin if you have the choice of not sinning just don't like just don't just think about it how is going how is this going to affect me how is this going to affect people around me how is this going to affect my family how is this going to affect my children how is this going to affect the next generation you know because when you sin it does not only affect you it affects everyone else around you because for instance if i start lying to somebody i will lie and then i um and so um the other person probably uh you know it's a family member or something and they will get hurt because i lied to them you know and or i will just cause conflict because of i said something that was a lie that uh about someone else you know and that just creates a lot of discord and enmity for no reason so sin does not only affect you it affects everybody around you so you know just pray over it and ask god to just help you to avoid sin at all costs and whenever you find yourself sinning because sometimes you sin unintentionally uh, just run to confession at whatever point when you sin just run to confession and ask let let god just let god uh, bless you and give you absolution through the priest and so what happens if a person willfully conceals a mortal sin in confession if a person willfully conceals a mortal sin in confession, he is guilty of a great sacrilege by telling a lie to the Holy Spirit in making a bad confession. And Acts chapter 5 verse 3 says, 
why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? And I remember this is the story of Ananias and Sapphira where they lied to um, the Holy Spirit. They sold their property and 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 lied about the amount of money they had gotten and you know the wages of sin is death and Ananias just fell and died and Safira also did the same thing she would have liberated herself by telling the truth but she did not so she also just fell down and lied so concealing a mortal sin in confession that's that's not okay so every time what I have learned is that sometimes we're very susceptible uh, to forgetting so whatever whatever happens, I always tell the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, just guide me and help me to make a good confession. And when you tell the when you tell the Holy Spirit that He will help you remember all the sins that you have committed and whatever it is um, that you need to confess to the priest, so that you do not forget. And it's also a good idea to just um, before you get into confession, examine your conscience and write down whatever you feel that you have done wrong. Write it down. It's okay to go with a paper to confession. It helps you remember so that you're not, you do not omit any sin that you might have committed. And yeah, that really helps you remember because sometimes I have found myself getting into the confession box and, you know, I had all these things in my head, but they just go away because, well, anxiety or nervousness, I am not sure which is which. So what must I do to make a good confession? So to make a good confession, you must ask for the grace I, uh, you need to become aware of your sins that is through the examination of conscience and secondly ask god for the grace to be really sorry for your sins that is repentance and promise god to do better and to become a saint that is resolution and so i remember one time i was at the vincentian retreat center and it was during a friday service and so the priest was telling us that you have to promise that you will not sin again and at that point i was like wait this promise is too big to make and you know at that point i'm just like thinking okay i do not need to make a commitment but then it was like um something uh, it was this uh prompting it was this um feeling in my heart that was like why don't you want to promise is it that you are giving yourself room to make us to to commit sin or you're just um removing yourself from this responsibility of actually actively staying away from sin and you know that hit home hard because i was like okay why am i not promising god to not sin because you know when you make that promise god gives you the grace to avoid sin and the holy spirit will just open up your eyes and be like no this is sin just walk away sometimes it's going to cost you it's going to cost you uh, friends it's going to cost you a lot of things but at the end of the day we are not on this earth to please man we are on this earth to please god because even god tells us that whenever you're working work like you are working for god do not work like you are working for man and because god sees it all and god will reward you in his own way and you know when god rewards you it's big it's going to be well, like okay this is a promotional he's going to give you everything like he's just going to give you the world okay not literally but you get the point and so yes promise god to do better and to become a saint he will really help you he will come through for you and the next one is tell clearly and sincerely my your sins to the priest that is confession and pray to the holy ask the holy spirit to help you make a good confession and the other one is perform the penance the priest gives. That is reparation. So once you're done with the confession, the priest will will give you prayers to pray. It could be praying the rosary, um, maybe the joyful mysteries, or it could be it could be anything literally. So the priest will always give you prayers to pray. 
and do not pray a prayerless. Maybe, for instance, if you've been told to pray our Father three times, do not pray too. Just pray through. You'll rather pray and exist, but don't pray too. And um, the last one is thank God for forgiving your sins. There is a prayer of uh, gratitude, a prayer of thanksgiving after confession in this book that I am referring to, Christ as well. And it's just beautiful. It's really, really, really beautiful. And there's also how to make a good confession. Um, there's a prayer. And yeah, so that's just pretty. They look pretty amazing. And so there are also prayers for confession. And so go, we're getting to the examination of conscience before you make a confession. Um, I, as I said before, it's based upon the Ten Commandments. So you go through each and every commandment. And so the first commandment is, I am the Lord your God. You shall not have other gods besides me. And you will be surprised at how much idol worship there is, you know. And you might be uh, um, worshipping an idol that you're not aware of. Uh, for instance, let me just give an example. I used to really, really worship marriage, relationships, uh, relationships slash marriage. And, you know, at some point it just became like so obsessive and it was always like, oh, okay, when, am I, when, when will I get married and what, what, not? When will I meet somebody who will be my husband, you know? And so every, every other person you meet, you're like, oh, wait, could this be my husband and what, what, what? And so, you know, that, that took God's place in my heart. And that was idol worship. And so there's idol worship in the heart, which is wealth, money, fame, power, recognition, seeking worldly recognition rather than pleasing, um, the, rather than being pleasing to God, work, time, family, friends, use of liquor, drugs, smoking habits, chewing tobacco, you know, there's worshipping statutes or other gods, that is, and God clearly says, do not worship any other God but me. You know, and this worshipping creation rather than the creator. That is astrology, palm reading, going to fortune tellers, wearing magical straps, bands, black magic, considering certain days um, or times as good or bad. That is, what, what is it called? Superstition. Yes, superstition. Worshipping the planets and stars, depending on astrology to know the future, black magic, palm reading giving importance to certain days or months or choosing to do certain things only at certain times or days, practicing of black magic, you know. And there are Bible verses that tell that one against this every, like, throughout the Bible. Like, when you read the Bible, it's such a beautiful book. And you will find, literally, it's just an instruction of how to live your life to the best of your ability. It's the best um, manual, life manual that you can ever find. And... And the second commandment is you shall not use your God's name in vain. Oh, it's a lot. Like, it's a lot. The, the third one is keep the Sabbath day holy. And, you know, for us Catholics, like missing mass, that is not acceptable. And you have to confess that. Uh, honor your parents. Let me just dive into this one because sometimes I feel like um, we just disrespect our parents a lot sometimes and you know sometimes um we're looking at it and we don't have the best of relationships but just because you do not have the best of relationships does not warrant you to disrespect them that because this is one commandment with a promise that is in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 1 to 3 and so under only your parents is disrespecting parents disobeying parents not taking care of parents cursing parents failing to be responsible for one's children that is for the parents and so um, hmm. the rest is about uh, between a husband and a wife. And so, yes, but point is honor your parents at all times. 
pray for them whenever you want to whenever you feel angry or whenever you feel so hard for your parents do not retaliate do not start thinking oh no i wish what 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 just go to god and tell them god my mom my dad hurt me and it hurts so much help me you know and god is going to help you because that your goal is to respect your parents and normally we are told that our um, our parents are like our second god you know and so we have to learn we have to pray to be able to love and honor our parents and respect them at all times because that is so pleasing to god you have no idea by just honoring your parents you are going to receive such great blessings from god you will not believe it but you have to pray because sometimes it's it's so hard because at the end of the day we are human and so many times we want to talk back we want to hate we want to curse but that's not the way to go it's a sanctification process look at it as, as a sanctification process if your parents are difficult look at it as a sanctification process and ask god god please help me like it's that simple and so the fifth commandment is you shall not kill and killing also involves sowing the seeds of hatred and speaking ill of others uh, because in first john chapter 3 verse 15 it tells us anyone who hates his brother is a murderer and you know that no murderer has eternal life in him like yo the bible is a good school and so having hatred in the heart yeah so that's it and the sixth one is you shall not commit adultery be pure let me also dive deeper into this one and so that includes masturbation that is enjoyment in remembering all sins that is committing adultery in the heart looking at women last free last fully you will find this in matthew chapter 7 and chapter 15 and the sexual relationship with relatives god hates that sexually abusing kids god does not like that homosexuality god god hates it sinning by committing homosexuality among married people and unnatural relationships and so since in this category uh, that is according to first corinthians chapter 6 verse 9 to 10 neither the sexually immoral nor adulterers idol idolaters or nor adulterers nor male prostitutes nor homosexual offenders nor thieves nor the greedy nor drunkards nor slanders slanderers nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of god just go read saint paul's letters because they are amazing so much wisdom so much uh, there's just a lot and there's also under that commandment is committing adultery committing rape sexual relationship after drinking alcohol marriage should be honored by all and the marriage bed kept pure and also um it's adultery when you watch pornographic films and distribute them to others and imagining other women or men in sexual relationship and thus committing adultery and also having sexual relations relations with an animal bestiality and so with um in the um under this sixth commandment i will tell you i have struggled with lust and i had to continually over and over confess that confess that you know and god delivered me and it it was just amazing because i used to be ashamed and i was always like oh wait how am i struggling with this with the spirit of lust you know um i am following jesus i am doing my best i am asking for the intercession of saint joseph to help me stay pure but you know i am still struggling with it and so many times the enemy wanted me to just be embarrassed and shy away from it because i was like oh okay no i cannot be struggling with this but at the end of the day the holy spirit just moved me to 
continually confess that over and over again and i saw god's hand in it because he delivered me and honestly that was just beautiful so do not be embarrassed to go for confession whatever the sin is do not be embarrassed the priest is not there to judge you the priest is there to to speak what god is speaking to them you know and if you have a have had a bad experience with a confessor i am sorry but pray to god and pray for that priest god will listen but don't cast the priest don't talk ill about the priest touch not my anointed that is what god says so pray to them and ask mother mary to just you know intercede and intercede on their behalf or the behalf of the priest and also there is the um seventh and tenth commandment which says you shall not steal that is the seventh one and ten you shall not covet your neighbor's belongings and the eighth one is you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor so let me also dive a little deeper into this one that is whatever is under this the eighth commandment is speaking ill of others and judging others obscene foolish talk or cross joking setting a bad slash wrong example for others covering the offenses done using inaccurate words do not cheat people out of the right things and there's also failing to pay the required taxes making false documents like do not falsify anything just don't like don't and if you have just go ask for forgiveness from god making false judgments gossiping speaking ill of others speaking speech against god and his providence and grumbling gossip is satan and is if it's satan is gossip so do not gossip do not gossip whenever you feel tempted to gossip <laughs> just ask ask god for help like tell the holy spirit i am so tempted right now to gossip but please help me to not gossip and so hypocrisy and pretension is righteous do not play righteous do not play the righteous card it uh-uh, it's not it's not good actions or words that endanger your neighbor and wholesome talk anger rage malice slander and use of filthy language flattering talk godless chatter which could make people more ungodly so the aim of following jesus is to live in holiness and to become more and more like him so yes if if you're in a situation that um goes against that walk away just do not entertain it hiding the truth in talk and deliberately deviating from truth just because you do not tell a lie does not mean it's okay do not hide from do not hide the truth or hide um just say a part of the story and not the other part and do not deviate from the truth just be truthful however hard it is be truthful and ask for the grace to be truthful and making a false confession or not revealing and repenting of sins in confession and i discussed that earlier and also the ninth commandment is you shall not covet your neighbor's wife yeah that says a lot and so there are so many other sins that destroy the soul the soul which i'm just going to um go through quickly that is sexual immorality impurity and debauchery idolatry and witchcraft hatred discord jealousy fits of rage fits of rage that's anger and we all know what happened when in the book of genesis when dinah was raped by shem i think shechem or something and the brothers to dinah went and murdered the entire place so that's what fits of rage will do it will make you do something that you will later on regret and something that will separate you from god selfish ambition dissensions factions and envy drunkenness you know um malicious talk evil suspicions and constant conflict con, uh, constant friction between people lovers of themselves lovers of money boastful proud abusive 
disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love. Gratitude is everything. In everything, in all situations, offer thanksgiving. That's somewhere in the, in the gospel. Um, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control. Self-control is one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So please ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure than lovers of God, rather than lovers of God, having a form of, an, of godliness but denying its power, selfish desires, not being compassionate and humble. Humility is the core of Christianity. Like Mary, Mother Mary was so humble, like she is the embodiment of humility. Saint Joseph was so humble. Jesus was so humble. I cannot think of a saint who was not humble. I cannot think of an apostle who was not humble. And yes, repaying evil with evil or insult with insult instead of with blessing, deceitful speech, not seeking peace and pursue it. And so it's so difficult for you to turn the other cheek. But the Bible says when someone hits you on one cheek, turn the other cheek. It does not necessarily literally mean that turn the other cheek. But what it says is do not return an insult with an insult. If a person insults you, please pray, say just say a small prayer and be like, Holy Spirit, help me to not insult them back just you know pray for them pray for them that really helps instead of being vengeful and going all you know and so yes there is a lot of there is a lot of what is it bible verses that talk about repentance and they're just beautiful so yes if you're able to get this book christ is all by the vincentian ministries it would be amazing. As a Catholic, it has really helped me make a good confession. And also, when we make a good confession, the Bible tells us in Psalms chapter 103, verses 11 to 12, for, the he for as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. And this is reverential fear. It's not like fear that perfect love casts out fear. So it's not fear is... Um, Okay, and verse 12, as far as the east is from the west, so far he removes our transgressions from us. Like God is really going to come through for you when you confess. It's, it's, he's really going to come through for you. And it's such a beautiful sacrament. And if you are able to go even as often as fortnightly, once every fortnight, that will be beautiful. Nobody says that it's, that is how you become a saint. That is how you achieve holiness. Because every single time, whenever you fall, the first thought is, okay, let me run to God. Let me tell him I am sorry. You do not run to the world. You do not go and drown your sorrows somewhere with alcohol. You do not go and get involved with sexual immorality to just take away all that because it accumulates the guilt. And the essence is do not give the enemy a chance to make you feel guilty or feel ashamed because... The point is, the truth is that the enemy will first blind you and not make you see the, the the gravity of the sin that you're committing. And then after you commit that sin, he is going to condemn you. But with in Christ, there is no condemnation. With In Christ, there is only love, mercy, and grace. And honestly, you need to be receiving all that because when you when you know that you are not being condemned for your sin, that God just wants you to come and, and you know, say say you're sorry that is all that matters repentance is true repentance true country perfect contrition is what matters most to jesus because he will see your heart so don't go to confession and be like oh okay just because i'm here confession but your heart is not there 
honestly god sees it all he sees your heart so you have to really really pray that you make a perf- a good confession and that you have perfect contrition for your sins and that way life will definitely be easier for you and sin is going to repulse you like you are going to hate sin it's going to make you want to throw up anytime you think of sinning or whenever you sin like the guilt will just not sit right with you until you make it to that confession box with the priest and so yes i i pray that this has blessed you and constantly ask for the intercession of all the saints for the intercession of mother mary who was without sin for the intercession of saint joseph and they will really help you uh, with this and for the intercession of your guardian angel as well they will help you on this journey of holiness because the holy angels in heaven and the saints rejoice when one person truly repents until next time god bless